Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, although some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads from over 200 countries and your number one source in after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, Doctor Who fans! Welcome back! Oh my god, can you check out this MIDI real quick? How great is this MIDI? Oh my god. I love it. Welcome back to the Doctor Who After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Talk about your doctor. Yes. It would be really dope. Oh Talking about season eight, episode two, Into the Dalek. I'm Matt Lieberman. Join him in this week on the panel. Zach Wilson is hey here. Hey guys, so excited. Yes, Yelt Eagle's here. Hi everybody. And Megan Salinas is hey here. Guys. Yeah. Um. So right off the bat, I loved this episode. Yeah. This episode I loved was great. it. Great. A lot of fun. I was really concerned coming in from last week's. I'm going to say just underwhelming premiere. Not necessarily a bad episode, but not what we wanted from a premiere. Not necessarily something to get us super excited. More like cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this episode is a great step in the right direction. I feel like Clara was more active. She was better written than she's been since the snowmen. Uh, I thought that Capaldi was growing into his role as the Doctor, and we're, we're furthering like just that moment when the do- when the Dalek says, "You are a good Dalek." <laughs> Chills, yeah. and it's a callback to uh, season one. Yeah, season one, the the episode with the Dalek. I couldn't tell you episode what number that seven. Was. 
Dalek. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point in that episode, he goes, you would make a good, good Dalek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was great. Danny Pink, cautiously optimistic about, uh, like like the actor. He seems he seems fine. I'm skeptical. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I sure. he's cute. <laughs> he's a lady killer. He's the type, Except right? maybe he killed a lady. Oh. oh. <laughs> it's been in front of us the whole time. Bad wolf style. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about him yet. I mean, the whole episode, it started out really slow. Mm. And maybe it was because of his, like... I, I feel like Danny's being, like, shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, oh, we need to get a guy in this love interest. And so, like, okay, so we're going to pry open this door and well, get him it was, in there. Well, it was an interesting kind of character introduction, considering we started the episode off with a high-speed space pursuit mm-hmm. and explosions <laughs> and everything like that. It was, it was you know, weird to slow down a little bit and then have these interesting... Uh, I think in and of itself it was great, you know, the editing choices and everything with his dialogue with Clara. But after, like, a kind of a boom of an introduction like that, it was kind of weird to go back but to But I feel like that's very that's very normal for, for a sci-fi mm-hmm. series or for a movie. You open with a big action sequence, and then you start building some plot and building some character. I thought it was very nicely paced, the I first really, act. I really just, this sounds so terrible. <laughs> I love Clara. I'm, I don't care about her <laughs> teaching life. I don't okay. care about the school. I don't care about the other teachers. Teachers and the principal. But I want to care about her for reasons that have nothing to do with the doctor, which has never ever happened. Exactly, mm. and that's that's been the struggle because she was introduced to us as the Impossible Girl, and yeah. like that was her whole thing. And so when that went away, so so just completely, we never and we never got anything about this version of Clara before. Now they're sh- that's why I say shoehorning yeah. because they're sort of like trying to get it in there, but it wasn't there. But think about this, right? Our favorite companions, at least from the modern series, all have a life outside of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Rose, we met her mother and we got to understand their relationship a bit, and we saw and we met Mickey before we even met the Doctor. Yeah, the, yeah. First, uh, the almost mm-hmm. the entire first episode was about her and her life. Right. You know, uh, Donna uh, had her whole family, who we fell in love with, with Wilf, who was so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amy had Rory. Like they need something outside of the Doctor so that we can under we can relate to them a bit more and care about them and, and you know identify identify with them. So to have her not necessarily teaching, but you know, meeting this guy who is tortured, who is a soldier that ultimately the doctor won't like, mm-hmm. leading to some potential future conflict, and having her be so like just effing cool with how like she saw someone she wanted and she aggressively pursued it and she made him feel like a dunce for being so like like oh I should have said I should have said I sh- yes I want you to take me and she's like oh my god you're pretty but you're an idiot come with me <laughs> that's fantastic and it, it it to me it's just it's it's levity and it's there's just something I want to be friends with her. I'd want to date her. I want to be her. Like that's just <laughs> cool. That is a cool person. Yeah. I, I agree that we need to see and her outside life, and we need to get to know it. I just at this point so far, I don't care. I don't care <laughs> about the school. And and you're right because I know that with Martha and and uh, Rose and everyone. But else, like, like Martha, I didn't give a crap about her home life, and I didn't give a crap about her winding up with the doctor, which is why she's like one of my least favorites. Even 
even though Martha in many ways a bad rap. she it's does because yeah, she, but that's a discussion no you're there. absolutely she right doctor she was a doctor <laughs> and and she's like one of the most loyal companions that there ever was i mean you look at human nature i mean come on mm-hmm. but she's the woman who walked the earth matt she's awesome. i know <laughs> but the reason why i think it was harder to identify with her is because we didn't get that strong outside the doctor base. Mm. We didn't like any of Well, it's because every time that she went home, she got nagged by her family. Yeah. That was the big problem. Screw them. <laughs> and, and, well, I think that's what Yell is talking about right now. It's not that we don't want to care about her home mm-hmm. life and her life at the school. It's just that we don't right now. Well, it's just right. not interesting And yet. it's possible that I'm still holding on to the first Oswin that we met and that she was this genius and wanted to see the world and, I, and the universe and I loved her mm-hmm. so much that I want her back. Right. That's fair. I'm we're a still biased. well. That's the thing is we are still. If we're calling it a miscalculation, and maybe we maybe we should of just like introducing more interesting versions of the character, and then coming into this less developed, less polished mm-hmm. version who isn't those things yeah. yet. I, it's, I don't know about you guys. I always saw those as that's Clara, like after she steps in and she's fully aware of who oh, she 100%. is. one hundred percent. But when you introduce those people to the audience and then give us a less interesting version of the character, it's much harder for us to get on board with her when we know what she's capable of and she's not living up to it. And then after Mm -hmm. that, all they give her to do is like, oh, you can push this button and that's it. Right. And she has so much more to do. Right. Instead, in this episode, they really put her in the position of, you know, being the doctor's counsel and also pushing him to do the things that are necessary and that he can do, giving him hope, being his teacher. She slapped him in the face. She slapped him in the goddamn (laughs) face when he deserved it. How many companions can say that? Not many. (laughs) She's the carer. She cares so he doesn't have to. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, So, on the whole, very very, very happy with what's going on with her, and I want to see this trend continue mm-hmm. as the season goes on. It, I mean, dare I say, by the end of the season, I may not want her to go. Yeah. Uh, that is that is the journey that hopefully they'll be on this season. Um, so let's let's talk about um, the Doctor in this episode. We have this very strong, prevalent theme of, am I a good man? Uh, and can the da- Daleks ever be good? And kind of this this parallel between the two of them. And, you know, we'd hype this scene a lot in the trailers. It was the trailers. It was the trailers, basically. Yeah. You know, he's uh, he saves Journey Blue from uh, a fiery wreck that claims her brother, uh, who makes her smile in the same way that Danny Pink makes Clara smile. We're just going to skip right over that. Um, as you should. As we should. Uh, and uh, he's brought aboard the Aristotle where he meets this this broken Dalek. This Dalek who is malfunctioning, who... And and here's the thing. When we first meet him, he's not saying, like, you know, like, all things should live. He's saying, kill Daleks. Which means that he's not a good Dalek. He is just a Dalek that wants to kill Daleks. It's the same personality. So I know that I wasn't the only one who had this thought as soon as we heard that there's this Dalek that had been flying out in space by itself and that it was malfunctioning and it wants to kill Daleks. I know for a fact that I wasn't the only one who went, oh my gosh, it's Oswin. It's Oswin from the beginning. Mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. When the planet exploded, the asylum got flung off into space, and now we found it. That was my concern when when they first show the the Dalek hooked up. I was like, "Oh my gosh, is that 
is that the Clara Dalek? And then, and then obviously it turned out not to be, and I, I breathed this huge sigh of relief. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I was so excited for that to be the story. Do you think that that's why, I know this episode received kind of a mixed response from fans. Do you think that disappointment of the potential of what that could have been is maybe why people were a little underwhelmed, perhaps? I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I think there was a much bigger problem, which we will get we'll to. We'll get to in a minute. Um, yeah, well, Another thing that I really like about this episode, and there's a lot to like, mm-hmm. is how quietly we have retconned the iPod Nano dollars. <laughs> they're, they're all gone. The Power Ranger color yeah. dollars. Don't need to mention them ever again. We're back to gold, and we're happy that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't need candy-colored dollars. <laughs> you know, this may Taste be an overstatement, <laughs> and I may retract this later, but uh, this might be my favorite Dalek episode since Dalek in season one. Like, legitimately. Because, I mean, how many great Dalek episodes have there been? I mean, you take out the good parts of uh, Journey's End and uh, and End of the World. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was that the name of the... No, yeah. I'm getting I was that a wrong. big fan of the Dalek Cybermen episodes, uh, that two-part. Okay. Those were my favorites. The, uh, the uh, Exterminate. <laughs> delete. Exterminate. Yeah. Delete. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I think you're right though. as a whole episode though, it's a single Dalek story. And in terms yeah. of making Daleks scary, because mm-hmm. uh, again, you go back to that one Dalek that's tearing apart this whole ship. That's but like it, the idea of even one Dalek is terrifying and is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, not Daleks have swarmed the planet, yeah. but we can stop them still. Yeah, it's. The Dalek that can the, go upstairs. And exactly. <laughs> that, that's terrifying. That's terrifying. When a Dalek <laughs> being able to go upstairs could scare you, that's what I'm talking about. Go back to basics. Alien that shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I really like... Um, <laughs> I'll turn myself down. Capaldi, as a Whovian, as a fanboy, has said he wants the Daleks. This is what he's been dreaming of. And I really hope that this is the episode... I, I know this may sound really harsh, but I don't want more Daleks this season. This no, was a less you're great, right. More. Less is more. This was a great Daleks episode, and I think that this might be his... Because he got to do something so interesting and different with the Daleks. They just aren't just attacking, and he's going to fight them, and they're mm-hmm. going to go. He got to do something very different and interesting, and I'm so happy for him as a Whovian and for us as Whovians. Yeah. That being said... I really want to know what happens to Rusty after this. I want the adventures of Rusty. I think the implication was that he was just going to die, you know, because he was going back onto the Dalek ship. And I think he was just going to get killed trying to kill as many Daleks as he could. I imagine he's now like an undercover agent of sorts, like trying to take them down from the inside. That would be nice. But here's the thing Daleks (laughs) are soldiers, not spies. His programming is to exterminate, and he wants to exterminate Daleks. He's not going to think about, like, I need to wait for my moment and then kill the Master Controller. But with that reboot, with that whole thing where they reset his memories and everything that he can access it, does that change? And this plays to the idea of, like, how much of an engineering can Mm. you do to a living being when when memories can influence and change their what you thought was the only thing making them. Could right. that be enough to reset them and not make them a soldier anymore? Yeah. Megan has a point that I, I point. I was going to say, I would love if that's where they took it. I think that's fantastic. But I think with the line that Capaldi um, said right before um, right before they parted ways was, you have a mission to complete, don't you? And that was to exterminate, exterminate all the Daleks. Daleks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would love for them to do that, but I just I don't think that's yeah. where Rusty's going. <laughs> and I would also argue that, uh, as they said, the radiation leak is what allowed 
allowed the Dalek to expand his consciousness, but once that radiation leak was closed off, then uh, he was back to strict programming. Now, having those memories allowed his programming to shift a little bit, but it, I don't think that without that radiation, he has the capa- the capacity for reasoning that being a spy would require. Are we going to talk about the radiation? We can talk now? about the radiation <laughs> okay. now. So after we inter- inter- space our way into the Dalek and we get that great Fantastic line... idea for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we get, we get in there, we've set up our plot and we have a guy uh, killed and we'll get into that too because uh, it's one of those mo- we can get into it alright let's get into it now yeah. so uh, what was it Ross Russ? Russell Russell Russ. 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 Russ so uh, Russ gets set upon by antibodies you know the doctor didn't want that to happen but in uh, when it happened he knew that he was dead but rather than um, it, and this is the same thing that happens later when uh, when the other woman uh Gretchen. Who says her full name for us. Says her full name for us. We remember it and expect it to be used later and it won't. Um, Yeah, when she is sacrificing herself Mm -hmm. and when he is sacrificing herself, it's a moment that, say, an Eccleston or a tenant would be like, no, please, please don't, or like, I'm so, so sorry. You know, there would be an apology. There would be an apology, and there would be like, you know, we can find another way. Don't sacrifice yourself. Versus Capaldi, who coolly allows it to happen and is just pragmatic in the situation. And I feel like that may be turning some people off. Some people are considering it a darker doctor. I would consider it a more, he's more pragmatic and he's more about the mission than he is about people. Like, as he said, Clara is his carer. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Well, for for some people, they think it's a return to form, mm. to you know, going back to older doctors who who were less compassionate. Um, and I don't know if that's true because I haven't seen a whole lot of classic Who, but that's what a lot of people feel like um, that you know, casting Capaldi, it's a kind of return to form of kind of classic Who, mm-hmm. but it is something kind of disconcerting. It's something that fans of the more recent versions of the show it's like that doesn't seem like something the doctor doesn't would sit do. well it, yeah. it doesn't seem right because he's so unapologetic about it but at the same time he he is a different man now and he's still trying to be a good man mm-hmm. whether or not he he always makes the right step you know is up for debate but he's still trying to be a good man and i, I mean, think that's what counts he even says that you know he was going to die i'm trying to save the rest of us right i think he's kind of a more aware that you can't save everyone more of an Eccleston, per se. You mm-hmm. know, just this once, everybody lives. Yeah, well, we're back to nobody is going to live. <laughs> and I mean, I'm okay with that. He's he's more realistic. He's cold. Mm-hmm. But, like, he, he knows what he has to do. He's, he's geared to make up for what he's done. But it's not about the individual. It's about the bigger picture. To me, this is, like, a step closer to even the, even the War Doctor. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Like, mm-hmm. the, but the original where he actually did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before um, he learned his lesson and we, we got yeah. the happy end. Because uh, he's just if, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Right. For the for the better for the greater good. Right. So what is good? Is sacrificing we're gonna save the to save the whole group good? Or is that I mean, it, that's What's, it's it's arguable. I mean, it's arguable either way, you know, the, but it's really, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And mm-hmm. it could be that this doctor just, maybe he doesn't feel like apologizing would make it better. Like, mm-hmm. you know, apologizing mm-hmm. to this guy right before he dies isn't going to save him. No. You know, apologizing maybe makes me feel better, but, you know, maybe yeah. he just yeah. sees it as something that isn't really doing good for anybody. Well, okay. it shows this little... Uh, 
I don't know, contradiction of, of the doctor being against the soldiers, yet he sees through this entire mission, we're staying on the mission, the mission is to save this or to help out this good Dalek. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really interesting uh, argument to see him be anti Anti soldier, but pro at the very least this dollar. But then, yeah. yeah. But it's Being not. A it's not a battle mission. This is an exploratory, almost scientific, er, like excursion. Philosophical. To, yeah, it's a philosophical. Mm-hmm. Can a Dalek yeah. really be good? It's really just seeing if that's even possible. Because if it is, then that changes everything. Right, but but watching someone die and then, well, we got to continue the mission. That mm-hmm. is a soldier right there. I would say that's a doctor right there. I would say that's a doctor right there. A field medic? A field medic. No, (laughs) someone on on the ground in the shit who's like, you know, dealing with Ebola or a big disease or something like that. And you could consider uh, Daleks a pervasive disease that's killing all these people. And he's just someone like another body racked up isn't, I don't have time to mourn this person or even to wish them well on their, on their way into the, into the next life. I have to take care of. That's true. Not every doctor. You know what? This doctor doesn't have as good of bedside manner. He doesn't have any bedside manner. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Yell's interested. Okay. Uh, Before we we move on and talk about the radiation leaks yes. heard around the world. Uh, I just want to really quickly mention iTunes. You know, folks, we really appreciate you downloading this podcast, streaming us on YouTube and on iTunes. We really, really love having you. But here's the thing. This isn't just a free ride. This is, You get this free podcast. We at AfterBuzz TV, we put out between 60 and 70 hours of free content a week. And, you know, the best way that you can support us, if you feel so inclined, and to let, make your voice heard is to go to iTunes and rate and review the shows that you watch or you listen to here on AfterBuzz TV. It really helps us out. It's how we get our great sponsors. It's how we get guests on our shows. And it's the best way for you to let us know that we're giving you the best possible Doctor Who podcast that you love and deserve. We really appreciate it. So go. It just takes a second. doesn't cost a dime. I appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. And you also get a fun shout-out here on the show. And everyone likes to be included. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) So, all right. So they uh, they find the source of the issue, yeah. <laughs> namely uh, a radiation leak mm-hmm. uh, after they take a bath in in, in liquid human protein. Yeah. Uh, uh, not not going to touch that either. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the doctor takes out his sonic screwdriver and he just welds this thing back together yep. in just one quick swipe, almost like with a Wii remote. Yeah. Like he's playing uh, doc- Dalek Repair on Wii U. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, great, we we did it. Problem solved. Problem solved. Oh wait, no, the Dalek is bad. Is actually has been bad this entire time and was just high on radiation um, this whole time. <laughs> what do we do? Well, I feel like what you might want to do is unzip or unweld that uh, <laughs> that crack you just fixed and fix the Dalek back to being good again. Would, would that work, though? Or was it that the radiation was leaking when he saw the star being born and that's what allowed him to get and keep that memory? Well, I think that it was a combination of the radiation was the thing that was killing it and also the thing that was affecting its body chemistry to the point where it could be considered a quote-unquote good Dalek. Well, that's why you heal it. That's like, (laughs) you're not just like, well, this Dalek's not working. Maybe I should fix the problem that makes it weird. (laughs) It was also a dangerous amount of radiation for them, for the the doctor and his companions, Uh, and if they'd been exposed to that radiation for much longer, it would have been very dangerous. I think it would have been a really, and I feel like this is another reason why the fans People are calling it a plot hole. 
yeah, I think a lot of times people are not enjoying this episode because they're saying, well, you know, we could have solved the problem right there. And yes, there's the radiation leak and they are in danger, but that would have been the rest of the episode instead of they're trying to stop this Dalek from within while everyone on their ship is getting murdered. Why didn't they go in with hazmat suits? Or any sort of kind of space suit. Because we don't have time! <laughs> we don't have time for space suits! And they didn't know that there was radiation. Well, it's kind of silly to just assume you'll be able to breathe and walk around okay. It's a machine! A Why not? It's a machine inside the, the yeah. spaceship! I didn't, I didn't realize that there was radiation inside of the Dalek. I'm sorry, but when when I watched the Magic School Bus when I was a kid, they bothered to put on suits. I'm just saying. Yeah, fine. Okay. Miss Frizzle has radiation suits, and the Aristotle doesn't. We get it. But she's more prepared. Even the she's a school teacher. Yeah. If they had reopened that radiation leak. We would never have gotten the incredible line that will go down in history, prepare boarding Daleks, <laughs> which is the funniest thing I think I've heard in a long, long time. It's just such an odd phrase. Prepare boarding Daleks, not the boarding Daleks, not the, you know. Not the Daleks are preparing to board no, the other ship. prepare boarding Daleks. I love no it. No time for words like the, man. Now I'm yeah. imagining Daleks in, like, boarding school outfits, <laughs> like ho- Hogwarts, like, like the first three like movies I imagine them in like um, surfer wetsuits. <laughs> okay. Like they're boarders. Yeah. They're boarding Daleks. Or board that shorts. would be prepare border Daleks. <laughs> Are we waterboarding Daleks now? <laughs> We're not waterboarding Daleks. Uh, yeah, so I can understand. And, and folks, let us know how you felt about the radiation yeah. leak. You mean the plot hole. The, <laughs> but it's not a plot hole. It's a choice. It, it's, it, it is a turning point in the story that could be approached in it, a dozen different they ways. Didn't, they didn't even think to say it or, or mention it. One line of the, we could just do this. Oh, no, then we'll all die. Okay, great. Move on. It just was ignored the fact that they solved a problem like a zipper <laughs> They zipped it up, and then all of a sudden they were like, oh, wait, that was the only thing keeping us alive. I have to imagine that when they look at the script and it mentions the radiation and how it's poisonous and how the levels are climbing like five times in the script, at some point they're like, I feel like people will get why we can't open it again. Nope. I do not understand. It's like reopening a nuclear core around you. Yeah. It's not it's not safe in any circumstance. Even if like the like the bit that's an immediate problem. If you reopen it, you're causing an immediate problem. If you go if you have to deal with whatever the Dalek's doing now that it's healed, that is a problem that has time that, theoretically that yeah. you could stop it. The radiation will kill you instantly. I, I don't want to keep harping on harping, this, yeah. but I do want to say, did we not notice that after they were getting out of the Dalek, we didn't even see it. It was instant. They pushed <laughs> yeah, the button yeah. and jumped out. Yep. All right, unzip, push the button. Or three of them push the button, the doctor unzips, and then pushes the button. I'm just saying, plot hole. You it, just want to keep saying the doctor unzips. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even cross my mind. Okay. Uh, um, I want to address a few a few things mm-hmm. uh, that maybe gave some fans pause or made their, their brains kind of ponder a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first of all, when uh, when Clara is inside of uh, effectively the Dalek brain and she gets zapped for the first time with the electricity, did anyone think for a hot second, maybe something got downloaded 
into her brain, or am I just crazy? You mean when she was in the memory bank? Yeah, when she was oh. in the uh, the tight shot with all of the all of the tubing. That didn't cross my mind, okay. but I like I like where you're going with that. I really yeah. like the idea. I know, but it's the same way that I that like last season. I feel like I thought that like Clara was a human Dalek for like the entire, <laughs> or no, that Amy and Amy and Rory were going to turn out to be human Daleks. Yeah. And like, boy, were we disappointed. We were really disappointed, so let's maybe not go down that road. Yeah. Another thing is if you notice in the TARDIS, the Doctor is uh, scribbling away at some interesting stuff on a chalkboard. Now, Zach, you made some photos, some blow-up yeah, photos I, of this. I went in because th- I was just fascinated by this. what's so blatant. Yeah, um, and of if, like a hint of something because they did it in the first episode too. Right, he was he was drawing in chalk all over the room. He was staying in, at Madame Vastro's. Now, to me, if this is a lead up to something, this is like classic Davies style uh, arc building. Yeah, where yeah. you just put something simple in front of our faces, and eventually it becomes something important. We learn its importance later. So now, here's what I'm looking at because uh, like if you're not if you're listening, we'll tweet out these photos as well. I'll yeah. tweet them out later tonight. Um, but if we can go to the next photo, because I zoom in here. So if we look here, we see there's like a line, right? And it, it, there's like a there's a break in the line with a little circle. Then there's this other, I would call it a bubble on the outside of the line. I'm thinking that's the bubble universe where he where he thinks Gallifrey. Gallifrey. And that he's trying, all this math is trying to figure out where did Gallifrey go? Mm-hmm. How can I track it? I but like this I'm a looking, lot. Because here's this little bubble here that's like crossing into this universe. Yeah. And partially in well, this to me, that's, bubble. That center part, it, it looks like a planet, and then you've got this, uh, you've got an orbit, projected orbit of where Gallifrey would be. Oh no, it's a star. It's the sun. It's the sun that Gallifrey would orbit around. Uh, and then surrounding Gallifrey is that bubble universe. So it's kind of like, like, yeah, that's yeah. entirely and possible. And then we get another one. If we go forward again on this little slideshow, we get another shot of it with the Doctor. And then go to the next one because we get. I, I've zoomed in and so, <laughs> so far that we uh, can't make out anything. <laughs> but there's like a little box with arrow. It's hard to make out here, but there's arrows pointing out. Mm. So I'm thinking like it's the expansion and maybe it's the universe expanding and then looking for the breakpoint, the, the the crack. Yeah. If we could go back to uh back to photos, please. Yeah. I just back, wanna... back to photos. Is yeah. that the yeah. bat signal? Yeah, that is definitely a bat symbol or at the very least a Wu Tang clan okay. symbol. So I just wanted to talk about that not one. that. This yeah. is uh Gallifreyan, isn't it? It Absolutely. looks like Gallifreyan writing. Mm-hmm. Or, at the very least, it looks like a harmonic convergence. It looks like planets <laughs> lining up in one straight line. No, but the um, like the little like figure eights and stuff, I'm wearing mm-hmm. a, a... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> High a council. With it on the, but yeah, it's definitely Daleks... Uh, Dalek. Gallifreyan. Time Lord Gallifreyan symbols. Cool. Yeah. At work here. And the math in the middle. Very and then the cool. bat signal. And then the bat <laughs> signal and or Wu-Tang... You know, ain't nothing to f with. <laughs> I mean, right. the doctor's got to stay hip. He's got to stay hip, especially with those attack eyebrows. All right. So yeah. So if you're watching us on YouTube, you can see that. If not, uh, Zach's gonna tweet him, and then we'll all retweet because uh, yeah. he he took the time to put him out. So yeah. he gets the he gets the he gets the tweet him. He gets the honor. Um, okay. So yeah, we got we got Daleks swarming swarming the old ship. 
and uh, the doctor is going to do something amazing. He promises uh, <laughs> that he's going to do something amazing. And we get this scene, which, like, I feel like if it was a Matt Smith scene, it would have been, like, a long monologue, like the Leaf monologue, yeah. that probably would have made us cry because it would have been amazing, uh, but it still would have been just a lot of talking. And instead, the doctor, you know, very actively, he plugs himself into this Dalek, thinking that he can show it the beauty that's in his mind and uh, and get it to, to turn for good. But instead, and I think this is an incredibly compelling choice and, uh, and horrifying for him, is that the amount of hate in his heart, especially for the Daleks, um, is so great that this Dalek completely overshoots beauty and instead is back in a hate place. And I don't think the Doctor even realized how bad it had gotten. Well, I think I don't even remember what episode I'm thinking of where the doctor is is using his hands and, and helping someone look through their mind and they walk through the door in the other direction and see all of his hate and pain. Mm-hmm. Was that the girl in the fireplace? Yes. Yes, it was. Um, and so I think that as soon as he goes into the into the Dalek's brain, I was like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that they allowed that to happen because I was so worried that we were going to have the Dalek be like, oh, I see the beauty and I see the universe. It is beautiful. You're right. And I was going to be like, but how are you missing everything else that's in there? <laughs> well, I, I loved it because basically with the Dalek, to me, what the Dalek's going through when it sees the star being born, despite all of their efforts to kill everything, it's almost like, what if you found out that the whole purpose that you've lived your life for, the whole your whole driving force is in vain. Mm-hmm. That no matter what you do, yeah, it's it's resistance is futile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, um, but then it becomes. Um, yeah, you get past that. So you had so that's good. That what that is has to be good if that's what the universe is doing. And then you move the next step to how can I help that? How yeah. can I assist? Mm-hmm. And, and the he, only way he sees how is to stop the thing that's damaging it. The Daleks. Yeah. His people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a big idea. And that's something that I feel like Doctor Who hasn't hasn't tackled as much in a while. Like, uh, I mean, I'm definitely missing some. But the last one that I really remember is that two-parter from season six with the... Um, with the with the gangers, which was you know just about like what makes a person a person, mm. um, and I think it fuels the best sci-fi is is a is a big idea, and you know we have we have this Dalek who's questioning his very purpose. We have the Doctor questioning his very purpose. He has always existed as this good person, but he's not entirely sure if he is, and I think that his thoughts and his kind of intense negativity upon meeting this damaged Dalek fuel this doubt of uh, of you know like when he's almost pleased when they're all gonna die and the and the Dalek turns out to be bad after all because it means that he was right and that it is impossible <laughs> for a Dalek to be good and uh, I don't know what did you guys think about this I think he deserved the slap he got <laughs> yeah. I loved it yeah yeah. yeah. No, that that was I, I love that from Clara because she's like, no, that's not what we learned today because we learned that even something like a Dalek has the capacity for change. And it was very interesting to see a Dalek who, you know, every time we see the Daleks, they think they're the supreme race of the universe. And just to have one Dalek see that it's just a tiny little speck inside of a divine and perfect universe and that, you know, they are tr- 
you know, it's ridiculous to try to destroy all that because life will always go on and find a way. Life finds a way. Life <laughs> finds a way. Um, to me, I mean, my favorite part was that moment where he, like, the, the, the dog saying, um, I see the hatred, and then the doctor just responds with, there must be more. And he's, like, yeah. pleading with it. Like, imagine if you opened your soul up. Not what you say, because, like, Clara only knows him on the surface, essentially. Yeah. She sees him for what he presents to her. The Dalek, he's exposing himself intentionally. He's opening himself up in ways that he can't control. And all you can see is, I don't know why I was laughing at this. <laughs> you said he was exposing himself. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, you um, said we're you're mature right. adults on this Come channel. Come on, Zach, no, keep going. Doing. You were making a great point. Um, he's he's ex- he's exposing his soul to the Dalek yeah. in ways that he can't control. How deep they look inside. <laughs> I'm not trying to do this. I, um, he's, how like what he's, he can't control what the Dalek sees and what he eventually gets to what he sees at the heart of the Doctor mm-hmm. at the hearts of the Doctor. Are, <laughs> Both of them um, is hatred for stuff that kill. It, yes, it's stuff that kills. It's things that are bad, but it's hatred. It that is what fuels him. That's what drives his every day. Is and hatred. that's that's terrible. That's a terrible yeah. thing to learn about yourself when you clearly want to be a good man. Yeah. I mean, as Clara says later on, she's like, I don't know if you're a good man, but you're trying, and that's the important part. Um, and that's the truth. Yeah. He's, okay. he's working his way towards being good. Uh, and, you know, when we met him it, 50 years ago, he was not a happy person. He was He was irritable. He was angry. He he wasn't. He abandoned his granddaughter <laughs> on a foreign planet just because she found someone that he thought she should marry. Okay, he's not. He's not a great guy. He's done a lot of good stuff, and he's protected a lot of people. He's saved a lot of people. But he's also done a lot of terrible, <laughs> a lot of terrible stuff, yeah. and he's led to a lot of deaths. Mm-hmm. And that's why we really need to ask this question: Is the doctor inherently good? It's why also I'm so excited by my. Missy Master Theory, which we'll get into because now I'm not sure. Now I'm not sure, and I want to know what you guys think. Actually, let's let's just do it now. So uh, when Gretchen dies, mm-hmm. she finds herself in heaven. Fancy that. Gretchen, a- Alice, and Carlisle. Gretchen, Alice, and Carlisle dies. You remember her finds name. Do something good and name it after her. <laughs> in heaven, fancy that. And heaven is a high tea room loaded with cakes. Okay? Sounds pretty awesome. As it would be. Yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, the promised land in the first e- episode. This week it was heaven. Uh, Are where's not the same? Well, not necessarily. I okay. mean, they represent the same thing. Okay. So is this entire? what is this entire season about? We're obviously building towards something with Missy. We don't know who she is, but she's intercepting, effectively, souls... On their way off uh, well, out of existence. Do we even know if she's doing that or if she's grabbing them right before they die and then is just dumping them right, like kind of pausing a moment in time mm-hmm. and then dropping them as soon as she gets what she needs from well, them? Well, here's the interesting thing. We don't see, we didn't see Gretchen actually die. Right. We didn't see That's the robot in the true. first episode die. We, we just saw see, him impaled. I, we <laughs> saw him, but we saw a body. Yeah, that's we did true. not see him die. That's a very good point, Be- and especially considering Ooh. the doctor took a very decidedly atheist stance 
in the first episode of the season where uh, he's like, you know, the land that was promised, it doesn't... It, I don't It doesn't exist. Yeah. The promised land doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's just something that we say to make ourselves feel better about being alive, effectively. So, to have him conf- have that belief structure confronted by something that is uh, either uh, proving that wrong or is effectively taking that role, that godlike role, in the lives of all beings, or at least ones that come into contact with the Doctor, is very compelling. Now, I this episode makes me question whether or not Missy is in fact the mistress, which... I'll say it because my brother wouldn't stop telling me that it was his idea, even though it's <laughs> everyone's idea, because a bunch of people said Missy Mistress, you know, right. like the mistress could be the new name of, of the master. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Where do you stand on this? And what what do you think she's up to? First I, off, that name is not, I'm not allowing it. The mistress? <laughs> the mistress. Yeah, I'm Why? just saying. Because that does, that's not what a mistress is. What is a mistress? <laughs> a mistress is not the same thing as a master. Okay. It's different. It's different. <laughs> so someone needs a grammar lesson. Yeah, that's all. Um, but I love the idea of her being a Time Lord. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about her, like, the the theory of her being the master, because I would like to see something new. Don't get me wrong, I love the master, and I think that's great. Um, but I kind of want to see something new from this season, especially... Mm-hmm. Um, especially since this is kind of harkening back to classic Who, I would like to see something else from either something completely new or something else from classic Who come back. Whether I, I still don't trust her, I Could still be get the like Ronnie is another. I would love it yeah. if it was the Ronnie, but I I know nothing about what the Ronnie is like. So. Well, uh, as we said last week, the Ronnie is a rogue time lord, uh, time lady who uh, was so focused. She was a scientist, a biochemist who would let entire planets die in the in uh, service of her research. So. Picking up people just when they're about to die, making them believe that they had died, uh, and then asking them questions about themselves and about the doctor could be some kind of grand experiment that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. That could actually be very, very possible. I, yeah. I like the idea of the master. We didn't have a, a master during the Matt Smith years. We didn't need a master at that mm-hmm. point. I like. I love the idea of a female master of like a bad, like a morally bad doctor versus like a potentially. Good, depending on how you twist that word, master. Yeah, that is a that's a new dynamic that makes it it make it's an old character, but it's a new dynamic, and that to me is very interesting. I couldn't help when I first when I saw the first one, and it was just the word boyfriend that like got dropped on my head. Yeah, um, think like this is some weird regenerative form of River Song. No, no, I, I, no. I, I we're like, moving on. Heard it, but, <laughs> but I couldn't help but like think it. A lot of people tweeted me about it being River, and I just, I can't get on board with that. I'm just like, I just, I don't want it to be, I'm, I, I love River Song. We, we finished. Yeah. We finished. And she, if anyone forgets or just watched the Matt Smith years forward, she is trapped in the library. She cannot be saved. There is no body left. Yeah. She cannot be saved. River is gone. River is gone. And that's okay. So here, but here's my question, just to just to get it out there. Okay, who's to say that these people have bodies where they are in this heaven? That's so true. Here is my theory. They could okay. be saved, point. quote point. unquote, in the same way that River mm-hmm. was saved. I believe that Missy is not actually a being or a, like a physical form. I think that she is taking the souls or the consciousness of the bodies that are dying. Um, and I think it's kind of similar to the um, the hotel with everyone's 
yeah. fears that they're not really there. The God complex. Yes. And I think that they're not really there. It's just her and their minds talking and that they're actually their bodies are in, you know, um, jars or whatever. That's what I think. I think that she is very much a thought. And then I don't believe that she is River. I I'm not even. I'm not even entor- entirely behind that. It's just like a thought. But that you I are had to a little it. bit. A little bit. There's a piece <laughs> You're tossing of me. it out no. there. Yes. But I do like the idea that it is. It's people like in the library where they were saved. Mm-hmm. I do like that idea. Okay. But, but they're all just in a database and somewhere. It's not River. <laughs> Which? What could you do with a collection of people that the Doctor has let die? You could. Ooh, do you a could. Lot. I mean, you could build up testimony against him, a la <gasps> Trial of the For Timeline. The yeah, girl. I'm into that. And also, <laughs> I'll freely admit, I was I, I got details of who and what the Valyard is wrong on the last episode. A lot of people reached out to correct me, and I appreciate it. Thank you, because honestly, I was misinformed. Mm. Uh, the Valyard is not an actual, uh, it is not an actual regeneration of the Doctor. It is, uh, an, an, an incarnation of the Doctor that occurred between 11 and 12. Mm. Um, and, and I've refused to say more about it because I, again, don't have all my details straight. Next time I will come packed with notes and I'll be able to talk about but it. There was coherently. a trial. There was a trial. And there could be another one. Yeah. Hey girl. Yeah. I'm way into it. My my last thought just on the whole Missy Heaven thing yeah. is like back to what we were talking about before with the bubble universe. What if like when when we die Hmm. Our souls go to "quote unquote" heaven or hell or, or whatever. Some sort of purgatory. Alternate plane could be another universe. What if that's the universe that Gallifrey got sent to? It's the universe where Rose and the other Doctor live. <laughs> well, I mean, let me just say this: right, we talked about how uh, the garden looked a lot like the one from the girl who waited last week. That was a pocket universe. Those were mm. on that planet. There were multiple universes that occupied the same area. Uh, when you went through those doors, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was something like... It, well, I think it was a pocket universe and yeah. a slower time stream. Mm. Yeah. So it's entirely possible that uh, this is another pocket universe. It's also entirely possible that they reused a set. It's also entirely <laughs> possible that BBC only has one garden set. <laughs> just, very true. I just want, if it turns out that way, that we did not say that that was very much a possibility. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Uh, are we good? I think it's time for some predictions. Ooh, yeah. What have we been doing? <laughs> we've just been, we've just been being good Doctor Who fans. Eh? Yeah. We're just covering all our bases. Yeah. All right. So next week, robots of Sherwood. Uh, last, last week, I, I incorrectly said that next that the third episode was listen. That's actually episode four uh, of this season. Uh, just from the preview alone, I am stoked. I feel like it's been forever since we had, like, a, a, a back-in-time episode that wasn't, like, the farewell to the pawns, so we couldn't, like, enjoy it. Right. This is, this feels like classic throwback Shakespeare code. Yeah. Yeah. Dickens. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm into it. Anybody it, it looks fun. It just looks like, like bottom line, fun. fun. Looks, and Clara in period costume. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really um, a more fun um, episode. It's going to be a lot more jokey, less am I a good man. Um, I'm interested in the idea that we've had cyborgs followed by Daleks and talking about their engineering and their machinery, mm-hmm. followed by Evil robots. engineering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
It's just a lot of robots. Yeah, that's hmm. a motif this season. Interesting. Playing with what is the programming behind the Doctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, even Ooh. and even though the Doctor took this atheist stance, like you said earlier, he said that the Dalek had a soul. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm I'm going to do you one better than saving your life. I'm going to save your soul. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. This season, if they want to keep going with the robot theme, that does present a lot of interesting, you know, classic sci-fi questions of, you know, what, where, where does kind of, you know, like, humanity go? And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of stuff that we yeah. talked about when we were on the what Almost Humost Yeah, <laughs> what Almost is existence, podcast. what drives us, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how can we accept something as something that has a soul or that has a purpose and isn't just a machine? Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Anything else we want to talk about? Danny Pink, we don't know when he hops in the TARDIS. We know that he, he killed someone and he's not happy about it. He cried. Yeah, because he was a civilian. a little unhappy about how, like, everybody at Clara's school is, like, like bashing huge, on this guy. Either is <laughs> trying to bang him or is trying to hear about all of his war stuff. I do think that he is going to wind up back a little bit in time mm. and he's going to get seen by that secretary that was giving him uh, the business early on. Because she's acting like he, she saw him doing something like uh, inappropriate. Well, she like, said, yeah, I know your type. She I'll said, I know you your were. type is what she said. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, to me, it was so, it was just a weird line of questioning. <laughs> well, I just like help, I couldn't help but, but examine I, it more. <laughs> but I, it, it felt like she saw him like fooling around with Clara and... She's like, I know your type. You you just uh, get up with all the teachers. Well, upon upon further consideration, it is really weird how everybody in that school falls into one camp or the other of just like, he's a lady killer. Watch out, Clara. Come meet this lady killer. <laughs> you better watch out for him, but also stand close to him and talk to him. I've got to go talk to other people now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's almost kind of manipulative. And I'm wondering if he ha- has a larger role to play outside of just being a human and a soldier, and I'm wondering if there's something cosmic going on here. What if he is the master? <laughs> I actually kind that of love that. Us, <laughs> that would throw us for a loop, and like, how awesome would that actually, that reveal be? Because be I, I I already like this guy. Yeah. You know, and if he and Clara get close, who's she going to choose? Especially if the doctor's morally compromised, and this is a guy who's done terrible things, but is now trying, and like is really upset about it. He cries. He cries. (laughs) Rule two, the master cries. (laughs) Okay. On that note, Uh, I think we're going to wrap this up. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week on the Doctor Who After Show. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode on the robots of Sherwood. Uh, Zach Wilson, where can the people find you? Uh, You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And also here at AfterBuzz, I'm on a bunch of different panels, um, including The Leftovers, which we're wrapping up soon. Uh, a bunch coming up in fall, but it's most excitingly and most appropriately yes. for here, uh, starting this Wednesday in just a couple days, we're going to be bringing back Doctor Who classics. Yes. Um, so we're going to be going through the true old classics. We're going to be starting with An Unearthly Child, the very first Doctor Who story mm-hmm. with William Hartnell. Um, and then we're going to probably do the first appearance of the Daleks. If you like this episode, we'll get into like all that stuff. And we're basically doing a modern Who fans 
walk through the old stuff because people there are people playing people like me who haven't delved into it yet. Yeah. So let's do it together. We're only going to be doing episodes that are on Hulu or Netflix that you would have access to. And so please tune in and join us. Megan's going to be there. Uh, Yell may may be able to stop in at some yeah. point. Matt, you're welcome to. I would like to have a nice point, yeah. crew of people that are just love this stuff. Yeah. So guys, you know you've been asking for it forever for it to come back, and Zach is shepherding it, and he's going to do an amazing job. So tune in for that. I think you're taping the first episode this week. Yes, this Wednesday. This Wednesday. So if you if you have uh, if you're of the mind, you know, watching an unearthly child, and then tweet him your thoughts before Wednesday. Uh, so you're probably watching this or listening to this Monday night or Tuesday. Yeah, really. uh, and well, you get a shout out if you have some uh, interesting thoughts. Okay, yeah. cool. Yell, where can people find you? People can find me online at yell.tv. That's Y A E L.tv. And on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Google Plus at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L. Okay, Megan. and Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at The Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on t- um, the Attack on Titan Sword Art Online panels on Sunday nights, the Ruby panel every other Thursday. And I will be here and at Classic Who, hopefully as much as I can. Woo. Okay. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman, M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find all my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. I'm here doing The Strain and uh, Ray Donovan and The Nick uh, Under the Dome. And then uh, we got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back yes. and Sleepy Hollow coming back <laughs> and Sons of Anarchy. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Good night. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later! later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz there. TV or its owners or principals. 